Hey there, I'm Sister Catherine Herms, author of Surviving Depression and Reclaim Regret, How God Heals Life's Disappointments. And it's great to be able to spend these next few moments together with you. I believe that we need more than information to heal our souls, more than intellectual stimulation. We need transformation. We need we need love. And so, as we always do, we begin with this invitation to recognize the love that God has for us. I don't know about you, but I realize how much anxiety I have and in some ways how much self-hate, how much disappointment in myself, how much regret. And yet when God looks at us, he doesn't see those things. We know from scripture, he sees the person he loves, the man he loves, the woman he loves, the child he loves, the gift of his father's mercy, the work of his father's hands. When God looks at you, when Jesus looks at you, he sees only the beautiful and lovely person that he has created. You are stamped in the deepest part of your existence with the DNA of divine love. You can't get away from it. And no matter what you do on the surface, nothing can wipe away this divine coding you have in your soul, a coding of love that marks your humanity. So let's begin with a deep breath. Separate yourself from, from worry, from anxiety, from disappointment in yourself, in others, in life, from blame and fear. Sink deep down into the very center of your reality, that still place, that quiet place, that place of God's presence within you, that knows most deeply that you were made by love, and for love. We just celebrated the Feast of the Most Blessed Trinity, this truth of our faith that we really can't explain to our own satisfaction, much less to others. And because we can't explain it, we can't exactly understand it, we can tend to brush it aside into the back corner of those things that are important to us in our faith. Yet the, the feast of the most blessed trinity, this, this God who creates, who saves, who sanctifies, this love for the trinity leads us to a transformative process whose aim is, is to make us like God, to bring us into union with God, with the trinity. And today, I wanted to share with you some quotes from our co-foundress, Mother Tekla Merlo. The goal of Mother Tekla's personal spiritual life was sanctity, holiness. It was to become a saint. And this is the core of her teachings to her daughters, the daughters of St. Paul, and to all those who read her words. For her, sanctity was the essential condition for the efficacy of the Christian life, and for us, the efficacy of evangelization through the means of social communication. 
Listen to her words written in 1927 in her spiritual notebook. This year, with the grace of God, I want to grow in holiness. I want to become a great saint, and I want to do this quickly. By myself, I can do nothing, but with God, I can do all things. This short quote includes so many pieces of her spiritual journey that can show us concretely how to become saints ourselves. She starts out this year. So this is a goal of sanctity that, that, that happens across a lifetime. It's a dynamic, transformative process that begins with her awareness in her younger years and continues throughout her entire life until her death, which was in 1963. And every year, she made new resolutions, the next step in that process. So she says, this year, and then with the grace of God, she realizes that she cannot do it herself. Holiness, sanctity, is not about doing everything right. It's not about understanding the whole process. It's not about being smart about the faith. It's about opening ourselves and surrendering to the grace of God, who accomplishes this sanctifying journey within us. And the third part of that sentence is, I want to grow in holiness. She had great desires, and she wanted to grow in holiness. We can know that we need to grow in holiness in our life as Christians. We can kind of want it, but Mother Tekla really wanted to grow in holiness. In fact, there's another quote of hers where she says, Enough with half measures. Everything, O Lord, is yours. Everything. So this year, she says, with the grace of God, I want to grow in holiness. I want to become a great saint, not just a saint, not just a good person, but a great saint. If you think of St. Augustine, St. Catherine of Siena, St. Vincent de Paul, St. Ignatius of Loyola, these great saints that we celebrate all throughout the year in the liturgy on their feast days, she's saying, she has a boldness to say, I want to become a great saint. And on top of that, I want to do this quickly. And so we're going to investigate some of Mother Tecla's secrets for the spiritual journey, for our spiritual journey. So the first one is, as we have already seen, have great desires. So in 1961, she said, I want to become a saint but a hidden one. So we, we see already a, a change that's happened. Between 1927 and 1961 is almost a 40-year span. And in 1961, this is just two years before her death. So she's past her midlife. She's seen so much in her own life, in the congregation, and in the lives of the daughters and the, the, the sisters and even the priests and brothers that she has helped along the road to sanctity. And so now she says, I want to become a saint, but a hidden one, one that is seen only by God. 
So her goal now is to love him, to please him. This says it all. To love him, to please him. This says it all. And in 1937, she had written, To be confident that the Lord will give me all the graces I need to become a saint. So she's realizing not only that she needs God's grace to become a saint, that holiness is God's work within us, but she has a confidence that God will bring this about in her. And then she adds, as she begins to continuously do, she refers to Mary. She says, to lift my mind and heart to heaven often and to remain in the presence of Jesus and Mary most holy. So this confidence leads her to do two really important things on the road to sanctity. To lift my mind and heart to heaven and to remain in the presence of Jesus and Mary, most holy. So we, we think of, of those words of Jesus, to live in the world, but not to be of the world. Another very important aspect of Mother Tecla's journey to holiness was her awareness of her need for the Lord. She uses the word which is not so much in vogue now, but the word is humility. In humility, she says, let us keep our place, which is the last. Let others do great things. Let them be admired and praised. Let us instead be content with being silent and hidden as much as possible. We're not used to this language anymore. But if we don't understand this language in her, we really don't understand this secret from Mother Tekla. We all think we can do something by ourselves. We all are self-sufficient in some way. And she spent her life coming to victory over this sense of, I can do something really great. I can become a saint. I can, I can, this victory over her self-sufficiency. So she says, Lord, in 1928, help me, keep me continually in mind. Dwell within me. I want to be yours now and always. And then the words, remove my ego so that you will be wholly mine. So this, this, this kind of link between God dwelling within her and her job to remove her ego so that God will be totally hers. It is not enough, she says in 1931, to know that we are nothing. We must fill our heart with God. We must uproot our ego and fill the whole with God. Isn't it true that when we're humiliated, when we fail, when we discover we lack something, when we lose something, when our ego is uprooted, we feel like we have a big hole in our heart. And sometimes we can refill that hole with more ego. We can get mad. We can 
we can uh, declare how unfair this is, how people don't understand this. And when we're doing this, we're actually re rebuilding our ego inside of ourselves and making it even stronger. But God helps us do our life to uproot our ego. In fact, when we can't do it ourselves, He comes in and does it for us through the circumstances of our life. Our job then is to fill the hole with God. And we do this, as she says, by remembering God, keeping Him continually in mind, and knowing that He keeps you continually in mind. And she prays in 1963, shortly before her death, Divine Holy Spirit, give me your love and your gifts. I want to let you work in me. So she's still 40 years into this, 50 years, she's still begging God to work in her. I don't want to block your sanctifying action because really that's all we can do is block it or not block it. Our job is to stop blocking the action of God to sanctify us and to put ourselves into God's presence. And then she says, glory to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. We were born, we were baptized to give glory to God, to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. And here she is shortly before her death, totally claiming that as her one desire. Another part of the secret of Mother Tekla for holiness is this journey into liberation, this freeing of the heart. So prayer, this awareness of God's presence, of our need for the Lord, goes hand in hand with an intense spiritual work. And without that spiritual work, there is no transformation. Spiritual progress demands a process of liberation that lasts through our whole life so that our heart, our mind, our will, our strength are that of Jesus and we can become his instruments for the apostolate. So she says to the daughters of St. Paul, let each one ask herself, do I deeply understand this duty which is to make efforts to leave my heart free for the work of grace by putting aside my ego, the main obstacle to my and others' good? Am I convinced that we weak creatures can do nothing without God's grace? The more we see the need to do good to others, the more we should feel and acknowledge our misery. So this freedom of the heart for Mother Tekla also made her yearn for the will of God to be done within her. She writes in 1928, Lord, I want to do your will always and in everything. I want to obey you always and in everything. Mary, again she refers to her, Mary, the most obedient of all God's creatures, help me. My guardian angel, help me. And then in 1931, our life must be a continual breathing exercise. We must inhale God and exhale our ego. Inhale God, exhale our ego. That's a wonderful little prayer that we can continuously 
um, be very quietly in a very hidden way praying throughout our day. These actually were words of guidance from our founder, Blessed James Alberione, that Mother Tecla copied into her notebook in 1931. And Father Alberione, at the end of her life, said to Father Domenico Spolatini, For Mother Tecla, there was not a fiber of her being that was not ordered to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So many times you can wonder, well, how do we know what the will of God is? And Father Alberione, Blessed James Alberione, is saying here, it's the promptings of the Holy Spirit, these calls, this attraction that we feel in the depths of our heart. This is how we know where God is calling us. And then she says in 1941, Lord, not what is pleasing to me, but what is pleasing to you. I don't understand anything. You know everything. Don't you come to those times periodically in your life when you realize you just don't know what God is doing or you just don't know what is happening in your life? She must have been at one of these times when she says, I don't understand anything. The spiritual journey is not about what we know, what we can figure out. It's about submitting and, and yielding to the promptings of the Spirit. You know everything, she says, and you arrange all things for my good. You alone, Jesus, I want only what is pleasing to you. Another one of Mother Tecla's secrets that we can truly learn from is to remember heaven. She often went on journeys around the world uh, to visit the daughters of St. Paul in the various countries to which they had spread out at the beginning of the congregation. And when she would be in the plane, those early days of aviation, looking down at a country, or when she would return back, she would often reflect on, on heaven. And she said, I've learned one time that we are only passerbys in this world. Therefore, we should attach our hearts neither to persons, nor to houses, nor to places, not even to nations. Only the eternal really counts. Passing things matter nothing. They soon end and they do not satisfy. Let us not give much importance to what is transitory. Let us attach ourselves to the eternal. She was saying these words to daughters of St. Paul who were stationed in various houses and moved around from country to country, perhaps as missionaries. And for us, it is always a challenge to move, to change uh, missions, to, to go into different territories, to have new companions in the community, to make new friends. But this also is something that every, every Christian has to deal with. Even if we're, we're moving to another location or if we're downsizing because we're, we're going into a different stage of our life, into a different type of apartment or housing, even if it's not ours but, but our parents or our brother or sister, and we're, we're helping them move um, into a safer location, we're, we're 
letting go of things that our children had that we no longer need to keep. All these are moments where we have to let go, not just of transitory things. We're consolidating memories, letting go of, of, of our attachment, our connection, our emotional insertion into, into temporal things that they've become parts of us. Others become parts of us. Um, friends become parts of us. And it's truly painful to let some of these things go. And, and her, her little message here is to remember heaven. Let us attach ourselves to the eternal. It's almost as if our roots in the past, um, our house was just sold, our childhood house, and it was sold to a developer who will take it down and build something much more grand on that property. But I have to say, my roots, there is no more roots in that place. The building no longer exists. But I have to cast my roots forward into eternity where I truly am the citizen of heaven as you are. So in 1963, again, shortly before her death, I am moving toward eternity, toward heaven. May my every thought, feeling, and action be done for heaven to carry out the will of God so as to remain united to him and see him one day. I will see you too, Mary. My guardian angel, accompany me. And in 1963, again, uh, shortly around the same period, time is precious. I want to do everything for the love of God. My life is drawing to an end. May everything be for you, my God. Heavenly Father, I want to see you. As I'm reading this, I'm thinking, as far as I know, my life is not drawing to an end exactly within this year or next year although it could, but knowing that, you know, if, if I have the grace to live into old age, knowing that at that point I will be saying prayers like this makes me think that I should start praying this way now. Time is precious. I want to do everything now for the love of God. My life is drawing to an end at every moment. May everything be for you now. My God, Heavenly Father, I want one day to see you. Mother Tekla was always aware of people. It can almost be said that people were written in her heart. She loved prayer and contemplation so much. She was such a deep soul. And she struggled with, um, not, I think, not having the time to, to develop that part of her life. She was the superior general for her entire life. Um, she was the superior and then as the congregation was, um, was developing, she became the Superior General. And, um, and so you can just imagine how many, you can just imagine the struggles, the work, 
the pain, uh, carrying the, the struggles of all the sisters, of all the foundations around the world, um, even of this, the other congregations that were founded by Blessed James Alberioni, everybody turned to her for what they needed and for advice. So she must have had such a tremendously powerful love for other people and, and for all the people that the Daughters of St. Paul served around the world. The thought of people to be served, in fact, was this constant element in her teachings about holiness and spirituality. She said once, there are many souls who await salvation and few are the workers for the gospel. Half of humanity does not know God as yet and the other half serves him so little. This realization was, was, was almost like a pain in her heart and made her aware that the whole world was our field of apostolate as daughters of St. Paul. We should love all men so that we can do good to all, she would say. Uh, a quote from her, to think of all the people living in the world, I have to give an account of those souls to the Lord. Do I remember this? I realize how small and weak I am, and so I silently take refuge in the heart of Jesus, where I find all people and all the things Jesus is concerned about. So she doesn't take this as, I need to go running around and find as many people as possible. I need to make a plan. I have to create a project. She says, I realize I'm small. I realize I'm weak. And so I silently take refuge in the heart of Jesus. And it's there that I find everyone because all these people are in Jesus' heart. And that it is in his heart that I see all the things he is concerned about, not what she is concerned about. And she says, I pray for his intentions. I pray for everyone. Another great secret of Mother Tecla's journey to holiness was to take Mary as our model. Mary was the one who was the mother of Jesus, but who became the student of Jesus, the disciple of Jesus. And she is the teacher of all the baptized on how to live as Jesus. And so she writes in 1927, I am all yours, mother. Form me like you formed Jesus. I place all my hope in you, mother. You are my guide. You are my support. You are my refuge. Mary, have pity on me. And in 1954, do whatever you want, Mary. I know I am in good hands, and this is enough for me. You are my dear mother. Cover me always with your mantle, and do the same for all the daughters of St. Paul. Keep us close to you, and lead us all to heaven. May no one be missing. You alone are our hope in life and in death. You are our joy for all eternity. And in 1944, a prayer that we can all say, Mary, hide me in your heart. Keep me close to you. Mother of God and my mother, give me a great love for Jesus. Place my resolutions in his hands. Give me your help and the strength to keep them. 
my mother, have pity on this poor daughter of yours. Mother Tekla believed that God embraced her nothingness. She understood very quickly that, that we cannot do anything without the help of God's grace. And she had a profound sense of her nothingness. But this nothingness was something that God loved, that God embraced. He, he sent, she sensed that he bent over her, that he listened to her, that, that God had pity on her weakness and supported her with his strong arms. And we too can, can know that God bends over us, over me, over you. He listens to us. He has pity on our weaknesses and he supports us with his strong arm. Mother Tekla and we can, can trust in that spirituality of Paul that says, when I am weak, it is then that I am strong. So let's stop here and be still. Of all the words that have just been said, what is the concept that most attracts you? What are the words that, that almost shimmer, that flame up, that bring warmth to your heart? What are your great desires? How do you experience the presence of God in you? What do you notice stirring? Any emotions? Any reactions? Even a resistance? Any thoughts? What do you want to say to Jesus? What do you want him to know, to understand, to do something about? And listen now, Jesus has a word, a word just for you. If there is one thing on which we can all agree, it is this, that the world needs these conversations of healing. Because when we're loved, we thrive. When we're healed, we're whole and we're holy. You can walk free of the wounds that are binding your heart and suffocating your relationships. Healing and holiness is a process, it's a journey, but you're already on it. And if you are like me, you might need some simple helps along the way. I hope you join me on my private Facebook group for weekly video conferences. Just look up my name, Sister Catherine Herms. If you become a Patreon member, you will get immediate access to over 60 video and audio programs to help you grow in holiness, as well as exclusive content and monthly journaling pages geared to help you on your spiritual journey. So I hope to see you around. Bye now, and may you walk today amid the blessings of God.